0: I had a friend who wanted to buy it for fractions of a penny back in January, and he decided, no, it's a meme coin. I'm not doing that. (laughs) Uh, Oh, my God. That'd be like $10,000. Well, at least I had
1: had 3,000 of them. That's a lot of of fake money. (laughs) Wait, 3,000 times six? No. 3,000 times 60 cents? Okay, so. $10,000. I'm bad at math. That's like $1,600, something yeah. like that. It was,
2: it was 3000
1: so they had way okay, more than that then. Okay. This I did the math,
2: that it was $3,000. All right. If you had,
1: okay, 3000 times one is 3000 So if it's a dollar a share and you're 3000 shares, yes, it's dollars I'm right back. <laughs> no. It would not be worth $10,000. <laughs> Let's see. How many Dogecoins did I have? If you had 3000 you didn't have 10 grand.
0: It wouldn't have been worth that. This is this is fascinating. <laughs> the, the the anticipation, I have to admit, is killing me here. How many? Well, how many I actually have? How many Dogecoins did he have?
1: Welcome to another edition of the Born in '87 Podcast. On tonight's pod, we will be t- breaking down the twenty twenty one Jets. NFL draft. Uh, is it weird to think, Adam, that uh, their draft was almost universally, it was like almost all universally positive? Universally positive. You the, do uh, it. <laughs> you got this. I don't, I mean, it's I don't know why that's worried. such a tricky word. When everyone thinks something is good, it's usually not. Yeah. Can we, can we like take a second though to like, a, just to like acknowledge where we are in the sports world? right now with the teams we root for uh i don't want to talk so about the Mets. the met the mets get a new owner yet they're still a dumpster fire they the are Jet, still a dumpster fire. and yet the two teams with the te- with the supposed terrible owners the jets seem to be going in the right direction all the so-called nfl experts are completely lauding their nfl their uh you know what they did in the draft this year and the
3: Knicks and the, only the, person hottest- <laughs> who,
1: the only person
2: in the world who doesn't like joe douglas is lance like, yeah, it's, that's it. It's a one-man hate crew.
1: Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And uh, the Knicks are the hottest team in the NBA, and it's just like who, who knows how far this that the Knicks could go right now. But we're not here to talk about the Mets or the Knicks tonight. We're here to talk uh, Jets draft, and uh, we have two recurring guests on the pod with us: uh, John Hill and Travis Williams. How you
3: doing, guys?
0: I'm doing great, John. Glad to be here.
3: Although, uh, I don't know that I share your (laughs) long-term enthusiasm about the direction of the Jets. I mean, it was a nice, you know, um, 72 hours. Whoa. The the draft was great, but I'm not, you know, buying stock in Johnson &
0: Johnson right now. Uh, (laughs) And I'll I'll say, too, like, we're happy about, like, really, really happy about four players. There's still a lot of other holes in this team. And they now have a rookie quarterback. So, let's all just, I think it shows how bad it's been. That this is what makes us feel like, yeehaw, let's go! <laughs> so, I
2: couldn't be more excited. I hope, I hope you guys are wrong.
0: I was the guy last wish, year who thought they would win two games, and I was right. So maybe I'll be, I'll be right this year too. Because I this think is they're going to make the
2: playoffs or compete for the playoffs.
0: I wish you guys had been doing this podcast for a little longer because I wish we had the moment to play the recording from right after the Darnold draft day to <laughs> show the what the potential here is. Well, I mean, we could get into that now.
2: I mean, what we're doing today is we're gonna go through each of their draft picks. We'll talk about what we thought about it and look at if we think as a like a Monday armchair quarterback, we they could have made a better decision in the moment. But I think if we want to get right into Zach Wilson, there were more red flags about Darnold than there were Zach Wilson. I mean, I think there was I think we can we should feel more confident in Wilson than we did about Darnold. I think people are using like rose tinted glasses to look back on the Darnold draft and say that he was his perfect prospect. I think Wilson's a much better prospect than Darnold was. I know Mel Kiper disagrees with that, but the turnover issues were there for Darnold. And I mean, that doesn't seem to be much of an issue for Wilson. I don't, I, I I feel like I'm the only one. We have a jet group thread who's just like super excited and bought into Wilson. We can go into all the reasons why I am, but I'm, I'm all in and I wasn't for Darnold and I wasn't for Sanchez. doesn't mean I'm right, but I don't, I don't see the warning signs that other people do.
0: My, my biggest concern is will always be who he played against the level of competition and the team around him. Again, like you said, he could end up being great, but uh, the comparison always seems skewed. You take any of these quarterbacks and you put them in his situation. I think they would have looked as potentially as great this year. Um, I know there are a lot of other things that my average eyes don't look for or see, like that scouts will see. So I know he got high grades and stuff, but that's just, that's what always makes me hesitant. I personally wanted fields over him. So the jets came out and said that he was, uh they didn't say he was one
2: on their board, but they think he's going to be better in their system than Lawrence would have been. They, they see that. It, I mean, they they could be just lying. It's a great idea to make your, quarterback, your quarterback who just drafted feel good. But I think there's something to that where he's just a perfect fit for the system. So even if in my mind, he, isn't an elite quarterback and doesn't develop the way you want him to. I think you can get a lot out of a guy. If you just mesh their skills with your system and their system is designed for a guy like this. So even if he's not great, I think he could be good enough to make the playoffs, which is
0: better than we've had in 10 years. I appreciate they took their guy. I'll say that much.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think also just some of the risk coming in here or some of the, uh, you know, hesitancy is, or at least a lot of it is, isn't even just so much with like how good we think Zach Wilson could be, but versus what the other options that they had in front of them. Uh, I mean, one option, which we're going to get into is they could have just kept Sam Darnold and, uh, You know, I mean, uh, Matt Matt Rule, the uh, coach of the Carolina Panthers, I mean, he's someone that a lot of people in the uh, NFL respect. Um, I think a lot of Jet fans wanted him to be uh, hired when they hired Adam Gase. And you look at what the Carolina Panthers did. They trade for Sam Donald. They trade away Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, They had an opportunity here in the top 10 to grab uh, uh, Justin Fields or uh, Mac Jones. They did not do that. And, you know, I mean, Carolina is going all into this season saying, uh sam darnold is our quarterback they clearly you know think he's decent or has some potential um you know potential that you know maybe joe douglas didn't see so i mean that was one option that was ahead of them in front of them or uh you know i mean there were three other uh quarterbacks taken in the top sorry full not including trevor lawrence who they didn't have a chance at three other quarterbacks taken in the top 15 and you know if if uh Trey Lance, Justin Fields, or Mac Jones ends up being significantly better than Zach Wilson. There's always, you know, the question of they, you know, should they have taken that guy? Could, you know, did they just, you know, royally screw this up in their uh, assessment of talent in you know, taking Zach Wilson? I mean, and it's not just guys, their assessment, right? It sounds like other teams
2: around the league would have taken Zach Wilson there, right? I mean, I it, it just seems like there was alignment among the NFL that this guy, it wasn't just a one-year wonder. I feel like it's just
3: the the media just being like
2: it's well, just no, a one-year I, thing.
3: I the, mean, the only, is the, thing, <laughs> the only thing that scares me about Wilson, it's not so much the level of competition because I think the throws he made were incredible and would have been incredible regardless of who was in coverage. The thing that that scares me at least a little bit is you look at the the film and he has so much time, right? It's just the 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 amount of time he had and and the lanes he has to step up in, in the pocket to make his throws, you know? And so that's the thing that, you know, God knows with the, you know, even with an improved offensive line, there are going to be games where the line is just collapsing around him and he's not going to have that. And so that's the thing that, that, that scares me that, you know, Sam Darnold, we, we just have no idea what type of a quarterback he was because of how bad the line was in front of him. And I just really hope, and i'm I, that's part of the reason why we, when we talk about the 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 trade up that they made for a guard, you know, I just thought that that was a really smart thing to do because you have to build a line in front of of whoever your quarterback is. But that's the thing that scares me with Zach Wilson. It's just I don't know that we know who he is with a bad line in front of him. Now, I don't know that you know the fields would have been a better option in that respect because he was on you know a very good Ohio State team. Um, and, and, you know, when he was at his worst is when he was sort of got, you know, held the ball too long. But, um, that, that's the thing that that scares me about Zach, Zach Wilson. So I know I trust
2: in PFF maybe too much, but the one thing I like about them is they watch all the plays. I don't have time to do that. And they gave him a higher score against pressure than they gave Trevor Lawrence. So, I mean, I, I can't say that's BS. I can't say that's right. I can just say, you know, a bunch of people watching the tape using a rubric. Gave him a better score against pressure than Trevor Lawrence. So that makes me at least be optimistic
1: that he could do it against pressure. Yeah. I mean, the one I think a lot of people paid attention to was Chris Sims, just because the last five years, Chris Sims has completely nailed his uh uh, you know, quarterback rankings. Um, and he had uh he had Wilson ahead of Trevor Lawrence. And, you know, I guess a lot of people put are putting stock in that, and uh, you know. I mean, clearly the, uh, the jets did. Cause I mean, obviously they didn't have the opportunity to take him over Lawrence, but, uh, you know, they could have taken these other quarterbacks. And I, I think, you know, the one, the important one to talk about is, uh, Justin Fields, just cause I mean, now, even though he ends up falling all the way to 11, the bears end up trading for Justin Fields. Uh, I mean, he was the guy that everybody was talking about as like the consensus number two pick for most of last football season and, and the two seasons before that, right? Like it's always been Lawrence and fields. Right. And since high school. Yeah. And then he has that unbelievable game, you know, playing Trevor Lawrence's Clemson team in the national semifinal last year. And I remember that night, every like jet fan is like going nuts on Twitter being like the jets have their quarterback of the future, uh, you know, everybody's all pumped to draft Justin Fields, and then all of a sudden, in the like four and a half months from when that game occurred to the NFL draft night, uh, you know, Justin Fields stock went down, Zach Wilson's stock went up. Uh, you know, and I think you know, until until we see what happens on the field, uh, you know, that, that that's going to be the big qu- I mean, and not just okay, for the Jets, my the question, these
2: teams that passed up on him. Right, here's my question though Are the Browns fans upset every day that they don't have Josh Allen, or are they just like, We have Baker, he's good enough? Cause I think that's the worst case scenario where Wilson's Baker, right? He he's a systems quarterback. They can get into the playoffs with him, but he's not a top five quarterback. And you miss them. that. I think fields could be that
0: I'd be fine. No problem. That I have no problem. If that's what happens. I honestly think that draft is the best, best um, analog. Well, it's more of the example to use that. The, I think if you had shuffled those quarterbacks, Situations probably would have been similar based on the teams and if the Jets took Josh Allen and Buffalo had Darnold, I wouldn't be surprised if we were standing here today saying, wow, Darnold all of a sudden had this great season because Diggs was there and he had an offensive line that could protect for him. And Josh Allen was still the worst quarterback in the league throwing for 50%, you know, if he was on the Jets and he had no talent around him.
2: But the point so, I'm making is let's say quarterback.
0: I'm agreeing with you here in a sense that it's going to matter what the rest of the team does, you know, well, I'm making a different point. Like if we end up with it, like an above average quarterback, but fields
2: ends up being a top five quarterback, are we going to be sad? I won't be sad. If the team's good, I'll say, okay, we could have done a little better, but this guy's still winning games. We're getting into the playoffs at 10 and six. I haven't seen a playoff game in 10 years. It would just be nice to have a guy who's,
0: like not Sam Darnold. I think it's easy to say that now when we're not in the playoffs, once we're in the playoffs and all of a sudden, well, that was, was my played. question. What would what are Browns fans? Are they really upset with Baker? Do they do they like pine for Josh Allen every night? I think now they're cool with it because they made the playoffs for the first time in years. But two years from now, they you know they might start being annoyed. Question about Wilson, is he mobile at all? Does he have he's yeah. not as mobile as Lawrence, but he can
2: move. He's not as mobile. as... The
3: comparison is Aaron Rodgers field. in the
2: pocket. Okay, is he even that athletic though? Rodgers, when he came in, was really fast. Like, I didn't think Wilson was as mobile as Rodgers.
0: Uh, that's Rodgers. We that can look I at. The, I could go pull up their four fours. Is he quick enough that you think about it? I, I ask because no, he's not slow. He's well, above average. Like you, you mentioned Lawrence, and I. It's something I think of like that Clemson Notre Dame game when Lawrence Zach went Wilson. out. Ran. Unglaile um, came this, right, four, in. He four. wasn't as quick, and all of a sudden, like the D line can just charge right at you. So we talk about having protection and time to throw. I'm curious if like he has enough speed that will help his offensive line. Wilson was a
2: four eight four, which is slower than Aaron Rodgers by a good deal. Four seven one was <laughs> Rodgers. So I was initially right.
3: <laughs> yes, you were. I mean, a tenth of a second's not. I mean, it's it's considerable, but it's not not like and. The other thing is I've read that he's elusive in the pocket, right? So it's not necessarily that he is, you know, straight line speed, but that he is, he can, he can, move in the same way that Darnold could move in the pocket, right? I mean, he's not like,
0: I mean, I think we all learned like, last year Daniel Jones can probably run a four, four, two. It's just, can you stay yeah. on your feet? And how quick do you get up to that speed? We're all runners. We could get mm-hmm. fast, but it just took us a long time to get up there. That's why we weren't sprinters.
2: That's right. <laughs> well, so let's, let's do this now. Do we think they they should have kept Arnold and then traded for all the San Francisco picks? John, do you want to take us through what what they could have gotten? I don't know if you have that open in front of you.
3: Um I don't have it open in front of me. Uh but I yes, I think they should if you look at the the trade side by side, I think that the you know, or the the trade the, the what they would have gotten from San, San Francisco versus what they have um it, it's it's like mind numbing so they would have gotten they would have had the 12th pick they still would have had the 23rd pick the 34th pick 66 86 in this draft and then they would have had seattle uh, san francisco's first next year san francisco's third next year and san francisco's first in 2023 and then the other, the the ripple effect is that if they had the 12th pick this year from San Francisco, they wouldn't have had to trade up for Elijah Vera Tucker. They could have just taken him at 12. So they would have held on to the 23rd pick. So you you pick you actually pick twice in the first round this year, and you don't lose those two third round picks. You'd um, end up with
2: one of the same players if we take Joe Douglas at his word, where he says in the third round he would have taken Michael Carter anyway.
3: Right. Um, um, but you end up with, for example, Greg Newsom at 23, right? The cornerback from Northwestern, um, and Brady Christensen, the offensive tackle from BYU is there in the third round. So you, you, and, and you still take Elijah Moore at 34, I'm assuming. Um, so you, and then you still have two first round picks in the next two years and you have an, an additional third round pick next year.
1: This would be would my mean, ca- Oh, sorry, John. Sorry. In
3: 2022, your first, your 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 draft looks like Jets first, Seattle first, San Francisco first, Jets second, um, Jets third, San Francisco third. So I mean, that's just absurd. And then you all and and you you wouldn't have the Darnold picks, right? You know, because that doesn't happen. So I mean, but that that's you end up with three first round picks next year, and then a second and two thirds. So I mean it's just and. Insane amount. I mean, the last time that that that, that would rival the uh, the DeBrincat, Shaw, Ferguson, Nick Mangold draft, and it would rival the that crazy Sean Ellis, when they yeah, John Abraham, John Abraham, Chad Pennington, Anthony when yeah, they they had had four Back draft, had first rounders yeah. when they had four, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: My counter to that, John, though, is that yes, is that the problem with this? This is though, is that again, you're all dependent on. Sam Darnold being good because yes, you absolutely, if you, if you take this path, you have a lot more picks here in 2021, but let's just say uh, you get all these picks say, you know, and you now you're in this position where Sam Darnold has more weapons than he's ever had before. He's playing behind a better offensive line than he's ever played before, but he's still not good uh, just because of the talent around him. You know, they probably end up winning, you know, six, seven games this year. Uh, and, and we know that could happen because we saw the year before with Sam Darnold, they went seven and nine against. <laughs> they could have you know, fallen
2: into six wins this year, too. I think it's a little differently.
1: Exactly. So, uh, I mean, they probably win more games. You three, now you're.
3: You my point. First round picks next year.
1: Well, and that's so. my point, though, is that, you know, you say, like, okay, they'd have all these picks this year and all these picks next year. Yeah, you'd have all these picks this year, but if you go another year, you then determine Sam's not your guy and you're picking in the middle of the first round. Now you have to take a lot of your tw- – if you want to move up to get a quarterback next year, you have to take a lot of that 2022 capital to move up. So, you know – And it's
3: that's like, what okay, they would
2: probably do. It's like the dream scenario is Darnold is good. If or, it doesn't work out. If it or, doesn't work
3: out. Or Deshaun, or Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers is on the market next year. Yeah. Or well, Aaron Rodgers on the market
0: up, probably right now. <laughs> Sean or, Aaron I, don't Rogers, think, Sean I don't think Sean Watson ever Might be a game. poison pill. Do yeah. we really like, want to take a
1: Green Bay quarterback again?
3: I if Aaron Rod, if I could trade you can trade <laughs> three first round picks from next year for Aaron Rodgers today. Plus you have the, the draft. I think that just I don't think you would need to get, I think, I think if would.
2: any I think if someone offered Green Bay two first round picks right now they would take him. He's 37 years old. Um I I'll I, say are the quarterbacks the original, next year good? Like, are, like I know this is a good class of quarterbacks. Like, if there's except if there's no good year, QBs Wilson, coming in.
3: Zach Wilson wasn't on anyone's radar, but Trevor so, Lawrence and
0: Justin Fields were. So there was at there least there isn't, two and isn't Lawrence well. and Fields, but like any other year, quarterbacks are going to pop up. Joe Burrow and, wasn't known before the. I mean, he was known, but he wasn't expected to be even drafted before the start of that season. Well, I, I'm all I'm always Mr. Tradeback back
2: accumulate picks, but I think at some point you just you need players on your team, and as we saw this year they were willing to give up a bunch of the third rounders because I think Douglas looked at his, all the draft picks over the next two years. Like I'm not, all these guys aren't going to make the team. So I don't, I don't necessarily need all these players. And I think if we take Douglas at his word, he said that Zach Wilson right now, he had rated higher than Sam Darnold right now. So I, I just think if that's really your evaluation, I think this is slam dunk the right move. He, I think he said Darnold would have been like, if you could draft this Darnold today, he would have been third on his board. Um, But Zach Wilson was too. So I'll, let's go with that. I know it's a lot think, of picks. He, not all these guys are going to make your team, so at some point you don't need all
3: these picks. But we're talking for drafting draft, like, this week. Or drafting this year, I loved the the draft they had, and I liked the Zach Wilson pick. I have no problem with the pick. I just think in in hindsight, when you look at what the capital would have been, and knowing oh well, they really liked you know Elijah Vera Tucker, they wanted to trade. You know, when you look at sort of the way the draft unfolded and, and the additional capital that they would have had, it's it's just. It is I don't
2: think like, it's hindsight. I mean, they would have known exactly which San Francisco. I mean, they—they. They, I'm sure they were all for that
0: San Francisco deal, But
2: right? well,
0: But let's let's just look at. It. You're saying now that Zach Wilson is better than Darnold, a first round cornerback, two extra potentially two extra offensive linemen, and an extra first round pick next year and an extra first round pick in 2023. That's a lot that you're saying Wilson's better than.
2: Well, i think the idea is that you're also building into like your
0: prediction model the chance that darnold's bad and you have to use a substantial number amount of that capital of traders there's, a, next there's year. a there's a chance wilson's bad you just have a longer clock as like a gm to be like he's young so well,
1: also a financial clock because i mean you have five years before you have to give zach wilson it like is though on, on both sides you could be wrong yeah. so well or they're just certain that darnold
2: sucks Right. And it was like, we have to get a quarterback and we're not waiting. I no. genuinely
3: don't think they think that I think they, the, the fact that they held Darnold as long as they did. And I think that the jets may actually have more faith in, in Sam Darnold than they should, given how terrible he was last year. Um, But I think that the, they held him as that they wouldn't have held him as long as they did. Cause they sort of played themselves into a corner. They were lucky to get as much as they did from, from Carolina, considering how many quarterbacks were already off the market at that point. Um, so I genuinely think that what they were giving us the line about Darnold and that they really liked him wasn't just a company line. I genuinely think that they had, I think the the, what put them over the edge, um, more than I think is what Justin just said, resetting the financial clock and not having to deal with the fifth year option. So John, you want, you
2: think that they should have done this deal, even though you don't think Sam Darnold's very good, just because the overall team would have been so good.
3: Yes, and I think, like you said, I think this this system that they're implementing is incredibly quarterback friendly. Um, You look at you know I don't know that Jimmy Garoppolo is a great quarterback, but when he's been healthy, he's put up really good numbers. Um, You know, part of that that he's had you know kid, he, he's had Kittle you know whatever. But at the same time, I think that if you if you if you put a lot you know Matt Castle can win games too if you put a good enough team in front of him. So I think. Giving Darnold time to throw and weapons to throw, already we can say that the receivers that Zach Wilson has—he's never thrown a pass in the NFL—are way better than anything Sam Darnold ever had. You know, you know, Lance may like Robbie Anderson a lot, but I'd still rather have (laughs) you know Corey Davis. Any of the any of their top three wide receivers. So I might rather have Keelan Cole, honestly. (laughs) I
1: might too. Right. Uh, so, so I actually just uh, went through, and I think this is an interesting uh, thought thought exercise, um, and I haven't really seen anyone do this. Um, so, Travis and uh, John, you guys, are, I feel like your sentiment is very much that you would have liked to see this team with San Donald with all the talent they could have had by trading back out of this pick, and basically that Zach Wilson has to be really, really awesome to justify not trading back and sticking with Donald. So, I'm not. I went back and looked. Uh, Prior to uh, Zach Wilson and Trey Lance this year, there have been 12 first round quarterbacks that did not play at power conference schools. Um, So just just as like a thought exercise, if Zach Wilson is like the best version of these guys, is it worth it? Uh, these are the 12, these are the 12 previous quarterbacks who came from not because, you know, people always say one of the knocks on him. Oh, he didn't play anyone, not good competition. So these, these would be the other 12 quarterbacks who did not have so-called good competition. Uh, Chad Pennington in 2000, David Carr, 2002, Patrick Ramsey, uh, in 2002, Byron Lefwich, Ben Roethlisberger, JP Lossman, Alex Smith, Joe Flacco, Blake Bortles, Carson Wentz, Paxton Lynch and, Lynch, and Jordan Love. Obviously, Jordan Love, you know, we can't grade yet, but I'd say, you know, about half those guys are good. Um, if, he's like, if, you AQB, be, if you give me the of average, first
2: quarterbacks are good. If he's, if he's
0: big, he the average of that group, I'm not happy. Yeah, he'd have to be like on the best end of that group. If because I think Ben can, Darnold with the better happy. team can be the average of that group. Yeah, if he's Big Ben, but Big Ben's <laughs> been playing for 20 years now, practically. Yeah. And they win the I division mean, did, every year. Did have any of them won a Super Bowl other than Big Ben? Flacco. Flacco, okay. And right. look what the, happened right uh, after Elite Joe can't. Flacco. Elite Flacco, Flacco is the example of giant contract equals yeah. just
1: doom. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the third best quarterback on that list is probably either Pennington or uh, Alex Smith.
3: The second best quarterback on that list is Pennington. He just had a short career. I mean, <laughs> Pennington is the most accurate passer in NFL
0: history. Or he was. I don't he know that was. he still He's is. not anymore. I think he's third. I'll, I'll admit that based on this conversation, it's easier to say what John and I are saying from the fan perspective. Like if I was the GM or coach, I probably would want to get Zach Wilson because if they kept Darnold and they had this team, there's definitely a much shorter leash on everyone to say, all right, you've, you've made a move where you're trying to like, you're trying to kind of win now. We're trying to put a team out there. And if Darnold screws up, like we're determining that next year. If zach wilson's bad they can at least buy themselves two seasons to be like look he's young and he's time he's young and he's time I like, I like zach
3: wilson the player I, you know when I came, I came on when we talked about the draft and we were talking about quarterbacks and i said i would take fields over zach wilson but I, I i said at the same time that if the jets evaluate wilson to be the better of the two i have no problem with zach wilson i you know the tape i've watched he looks good i think really he good. makes a lot of throws that you know that no one can make, or that no, no one else in this class could make. He's great in play action. He's he's a great improviser, which I think is really important in today's NFL. Um, the statistical so, models are in love with him. Like, yeah, they I, think I, he's going to be better than Trevor Lawrence. I I, I think yes, yeah, so I have no problem. My my issue at all is not Zach Wilson the player, and it's not with the Jets draft. I think I am with the consensus that the Jets had a B plus or better draft. I think it was excellently executed. And I like what I just think as a thought exercise. It's crazy to see what they left on the table, and and also the other thing is that you know San Francisco traded to get up to three. I, they they would have had to trade more to get to two, right? That third round pick Maybe. that the Jets got next year, uh, that that the Dolphins got next year, would have been a second round pick. Or you know, I, I think there it's it's nominally more to move up to two than three, just because you know I I don't think I think. San Francisco would would have been moving up for for Zach Wilson because they run the same offense that the Jets do, not Trey Lance. Um, And I think they knew, you know, Goody, I think you said before that they had to at least offer that deal. I remember at the time I read that they didn't offer the deal. They at least would have known about it, given
2: all of the cross-pollination between the two organizations. I just don't believe that Joe Douglas wasn't aware that
3: this is something that he could have had. I just think Douglas said, "I'm I'm not moving. You know, like
0: I've got my guy. Right,
2: or it never progressed.
0: Yeah. So like John said, I'm with where they are and that they made the pick. I'm very happy with how they followed it up. So like the the next three picks were like, if you're doing this, they did the rest of it. Right.
2: Well, that's a good transition into, we want to talk about next, right? Where we have this trade where the jets move up from, was it 24, 23 23 to 14. They move up nine spots. the Jets get 14 and 143rd pick in the draft, and the Vikings get 23, 66, and 86.
1: And they but, get to uh, well, put that into context. Uh, that's the Vikings getting the uh the Jets Seattle first and both of the Jets third rounders. So in I am less for 14 and a late fourth. I am less pro this trade than I think most people are. I I
2: mean, I had read that this is something that people were talking about, that it could happen. I seeing that um the Vikings were able to sit and get, what was it, um, Darashaw. Like, they traded up. I mean, the, the Vikings traded back. They got two third round picks, and they still got a tackle who, PFF at least, has higher rank than the um, Tucker, who I know is a guard. Um, I just so think when I look at their draft. You can play I guard. S- right. Tucker so- can. Yeah, yeah. But when I, I mean, I, I look at their draft and I see what's missing. It's those two third round players where they don't have a cornerback now. So like, if you could have added another lineman who's just as good at Vera Tucker and kept your two third rounders, I think it It was, I'm not upset that they did it, but I don't think they're in the, the business right now being like, okay, we really need a guard rather than a tackle. I think they just need a much better line. And if you could have added two linemen, who are better than two of the linemen they have now rather than just one lineman, I think you would have been better off. Right. So Shaw is probably better than font. And then you could have gotten in the third round a lineman who is probably better than one of their two guards. So I think that would have been better, but I'm still happy they did it. I just, I think they would have been better off not making this trade.
1: I mean, I guess the thought here has to be that, uh, I mean, I feel like the two guys everybody talks about is Quentin Nelson of the Colts and Zach Martin of the Cowboys. Like we've seen over the years, you know, in Zach Martin's case, over many years, over Quentin Nelson, the last three, uh, like how much of a difference those guards have made respectively for the Cowboys and the Colts. And like, I mean, I mean that's got to be Douglas's thought here, right? Is that Vera Tucker could play at the level that those guys play and affect the line in that kind of way, especially being able to play next
3: to Beckton. The other thing about Elijah Vera Tucker that I really like is that he had, you know, success at a high level at both left tackle and guard. And what that means is that last year, when Becton got hurt, right, we have Chuma Adoga, I think, slotting in at left tackle in an emergency, or you have font kicking over to the left side and Chuma on the right side. Now what happens is instead of playing someone out of position who's not very good. The Jets have Elijah Vera Tucker, who is a first-round pick, who is a starting left tackle for USC this year, who is kicking over from left guard to left tackle. So your line is disrupted a lot less. By, so not only do you get the player who the Jets clearly had higher on their board, I understand what PFF said, but they moved up for Vera Tucker, not for Darissa. They I mean, they they picked between the two of them and they they chose one. Um, so clearly- but my point they, is they his, could have not traded up and still gotten Darisau. But my point is that, the, the, from a talent evaluation standpoint, the Jets disagree with you about who's better, right? They think, right, but I, I mean, I
2: I don't watch a lot of college football, but let's so say saw had a 95.6 PFF grade, which was second out of every tackle who played in college football. Like you look at PFF's grades for Vera Tucker, it was 81.8, 78.1, 65.6. So maybe Joe Douglas is seeing something that PFF isn't. It's very possible. Um, He doesn't have very long arms. The one game as a tackle, he went up against like pro level defensive ends. He got kind of owned. So is
0: this the the, the Oregon game? I don't know.
2: I don't. I just because if it's
0: the Oregon game, that is like a consensus. Number one pick when he's draftable, he's like the next defensive end. But still, he got owned. Right. So, I mean, he like I don't think he's going to be a
2: bad guard. He's but I just I'm not seeing him being a. maybe he'll be. An all-pro guard, but I don't, I don't see him as so much better than what they could have gotten had they just sat. Uh, hopefully, I'm wrong. But the thing is, Derek I don't, I haven't like watched games, a right? lot of tape on Elijah Vera Tucker. I'm just looking and, at the opportunity cost of giving up those two third-round picks.
3: Well, and anyone, anyone at that point other than a Vera Tucker that you're taking before the third round, you're projecting to guard, right? There isn't a guard. That I mean, I guess I think Wyatt Davis was the next guard who went right. But so like,
2: you you could move a tackle inside to guard. We've seen that a lot,
3: but right? But you but but you're projecting at that point. Whereas Elijah Vera Tucker, you know exactly what you're getting at guard because he's good, at right? And he he played last
2: year. He played against good competition. You've seen him at two positions. Like I I get it, but like I keep saying, like I really want Zach Wilson to be good. I really want a good offensive line. I think they needed to walk away with another above average lineman, and they didn't. Right. And this is the reason they didn't. Right. They, they stayed in the third round. They could have added a center or they could have added another guard and they didn't have one of those picks. So I think Joe Douglas says, like, I can add it in free agency next year or I could add it in the draft next year. Um, I don't think he sees he's not in a rush to put together like every single position on this team. But I I really wanted an elite offensive line before Zach Wilson took his first step. And they don't, they just don't have an elite offensive line. Like you can't look at this line and say, it's going to be as good as the Colts offensive line, as good as I don't even think it's going good be as good as the chiefs offensive line. And the chiefs offensive line was horrible last year, but they've completely rebuilt it. And they oh, brought horrible in, in the Super Bowl play- anyway. Yeah. But they brought in players at every single position, right? Like they've completely retooled their entire line. Um, the jets have not done that, right? The guys they brought in last year weren't very good for being honest.
3: Two sides back there. things. Two other things about the trade, though. One is that in this draft, I've heard you know from multiple writers and scouts saying you know bef- beforehand that as you get later in the draft, projection gets way harder because of how little tape they have and how little in-person scouting they were able to do for a lot of these guys. Right. So that that's one. So that your your picks in the third round are less valuable in this draft than in other years. Right. And, and they gave up
2: picks in this draft, not next year's not draft, in future. And
3: more And valuable. at the same time, you you are, you know, with with Vera Tucker, for example, at, unlike Rashawn Slater who opted out last year, um, just to, to throw out, throw out a name for like another player who's projected as a guard potentially. You know, Vera Tucker, the, the Jets were able to scout off of multiple years of game tape, and he didn't opt out last year and he's playing at a power five school. So there's there's like a lot to like about that from a you know I understand that you know that sc- scouts get overlocked in or they're they're overly confident in their ability to scout, but at the same time the Jets saw their guy and they took their shot on it. So I'm, I'm I I and in a draft where in the third round it's a lot more of a, a a roll of the dice because of the 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 limitations on scouting smaller school prospects. Two rolls, prospects rolls of the dice, right? They gave up two rolls of the dice. That's one, and the other thing is if you look at um, what the Bears had to trade to move up nine slots, also, um, just in you know, to the what was it, the 11 pick instead of the 14 pick, they had to give up a first rounder next year, and they had to give. well, up that a was for round. a quarterback. Everyone knew, but there was doing. a quarterback on the yeah. board when the Jets moved up, right? Mac Jones was on the board, and and someone could have won, and, and the Patriots took him next. So, who, who's not to say that Washington doesn't call and say, I'll give you a first rounder to move? I don't up.
2: think they gave up too much. I don't think they like some people were arguing that. I just, my goal was to walk out of this draft with two starters on their offensive line, and they walked out with one, and I see the reason for that being this trade. So that is why I would not have done it. But I'm I'm excited to welcome him to the Jets, and I hope he makes, you know, the all-program. It would be wonderful.
1: So, uh, sorry. So, uh, John and Travis, do you have any more uh, thoughts on
0: Elijah Vera Tucker? Because um, if not, I'm, I think that, sorry, Travis, go. I was just going to say, I'm just happy that, they didn't draft another defensive lineman. You know, it was never out of the question that they might do something like that and just say like, Hey, let's get another nose tackle. They didn't. Well, that's, that's we the reason they to needed trust a lineman Joe Douglas.
2: It sounded they like lineman. The defensive lineman in this draft were not very good. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's why they brought in so many
0: guys in free agency. Clearly this is not a position they wanted to touch in the draft, but we, yeah. you know, we were all, you mentioned on this before our jets chat, we've all been talking for a while. Many of us agreed. And a lot of jet fans agreed. You get in Zach Wilson. then next pick better be a lineman. Our only discussion here is could they have gotten more linemen? I think we're all just very happy, and we were very we were happy in the moment when they did this pick that they took a lineman and they took a lineman that they like, and they were focusing on what we all agree to be important. So that's true. My argument
2: you. is they didn't take
0: a second lineman, right? Right. I'm not uh, taking issue with the fact that
2: they
1: drafted a guard, which, which yeah. I think is a good transition right. then to uh, the player they took at 34 overall with the second pick in the second round. So as you said, you wanted them to walk out with two linemen and uh, there were still some good offensive linemen on the board when the jets uh, made this pick. So they could have added another lineman. Instead they decide to bring in wide receiver, Elijah Moore from old miss. Uh, Sorry. Old miss, not old miss. (laughs) Uh, I I call it old miss. (laughs) Uh, So Uh, I'll go first with my thoughts here. I I really thought that part of the reason, uh, Douglas, like on day one, I, I'm pretty sure I I sent this in our uh, jets group chat. I thought part of the reason he was so comfortable giving up those two third round picks to move up nine spots and take Vera Tucker is because he was going to trade back from 34 and probably get a third round pick back. Uh, that's what I thought he was going to do, um, so that he could, you know, potentially bring in. Another player. And then a lot of what you saw on Twitter and like NFL network was saying that uh, the Jets were getting a ton of calls about that 34th pick, um, which tends to happen because, you know, teams, uh, they regroup after day one. and They're like, oh, my God, I can't believe this guy wasn't taken. I need to nab him at the top of day two. Ultimately, though, Joe Douglas does not trade back from this pick and he takes Elijah Moore. The wide receiver. Um, so, Adam, one thing you mentioned previously on this podcast was uh, that you felt like in free agency this year, Joe Douglas was trying to take position groups off the board so that he didn't have to address them in the draft. And we thought yeah. the wide receiver was one of those groups. I mean, he he signs Corey Davis, he brings in Keelan Cole. They still have uh, Denzel Mims and Jamison Crowder. Like they've got a lot of dudes, um, and yet he still brings in Elijah Moore. So john and travis you watch a lot more college football than us and unlike an offensive lineman a wide receiver especially a wide receiver that plays in the sec is a guy that's going to stand out a lot more um so i'm I'm really curious to know like was it worth passing up another offensive lineman to bring in a guy of elijah moore's talent
0: i i think he's really he can be really good he's done some great things in college he's a really good athlete um he was on a really good offense. Almost had their problems, but they could usually score and they put up points against good teams often and he was a big part of that. I also have just like a soft spot for him because of what he did in the egg bowl against Mississippi State. That not only cost them the game, but cost them a bowl game and cost them the rivalry trophy. He because he, he pretended to urinate on the home field of the other team, correct? Well, he was as a, a dog. He's like marking his territory in the state of Mississippi. It's it's what you do. You've never it's What done you that. do that? I. No, it's no, not. It's not I what am, you do. I it's am not. Not. It,
3: re- it reminded me of Isaiah Crowell, um, <laughs> a couple years ago. Did he
0: also pretend to urinate during a game? Uh, I believe he pretended to poop. Oh, well, it's like Randy Moss pretending to moon the crowd. You know, yeah. well, mooning is different than like expelling a bodily function. Right? <laughs>
2: One is a, a display, assume, and the
0: other is. We all assumed a performance. he was peeing. Maybe he was doing like a, like a a meeting dance, like birds or something. They do weird things. He lifted his legs like he did. He did.
1: <laughs> uh, to go back to how how good we think though Elijah Moore could be. Uh, one thing I do like is I, I do feel like it is a thing when you see like certain position groups. Uh, from a certain school, uh, succeed in the NFL. Like one that comes to mind is secondary guys from LSU always tend to be awesome. Uh, like, and in recent years, wide receivers from Ole Miss have been really, really damn good. Uh, you know, I mean, AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, obviously the two that come to mind. Um, the major difference, those guys are just like, I feel like huge physical specimens. And Elijah Moore is more of a speedster. He's 5'9, 180, uh, as opposed to those guys who are like well over six feet. He can go up and get the ball though. Apparently, he's he's good with contested catches.
0: Uh, my um, my my concern with that is just like yeah, everything you said is true, but in all those years, there's been coaches rolling through Ole Miss. You know, Lane Kiffin's there now, which is great, but they have had issues in the last couple of years. Just. Because of they had a scandal with uh, what's his name? Why am I blanking on this? Hugh Freeze, Hugh Freeze was there, and he had a big recruiting scandal, so he got fired in twenty sixteen. Then they had Matt Luke from seventeen to nineteen. Now Lane Kiffin's there, so it, there's been a lot of changes. And I wouldn't just assume and make the same connection. Actually, because he it's you had old. a coach for, that was there for a long time.
3: It's
1: fair.
0: So, yeah, the other thing about
3: about him is that I've read. And I think this, this makes a lot of sense is that they can use him in the, in a similar way to how the 49ers use Debo Samuel. Um, so, I mean, he, you know, physically is a smaller receiver than Debo Samuel, but he plays a similar type of game. He's a chess piece. You can move him all over the formation. He's going to run routes underneath. They're going to give him the ball in space. And and the other thing is that the the 49ers offense that the Jets are going to be implementing is all about throwing to spots, right? It's about giving the ball to players in windows and letting them move with the ball in their hands. And he is exactly the sort. Of, and Keelan Cole is this sort of player too, exactly so sort the sort of the player. The next guy they drafted, hmm? and so is the next. And guy so is drafted. the next guy. That's true, right? Yes. So, I think you know I agree with what you're saying, Justin, about. The Jets trying to take position groups off the board, but at the same time, I think you still saw them going at you know, or at least kicking the tires on Juju Smith-Schuster. And I think it it a lot of this is about guys who are scheme fits for their offense. Uh, And 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 another thing that I that I read, and again, I'm taking Douglas at at face value, and I'm taking Salah at face value, but they said that this is the player that they would have taken at at 23 if they hadn't traded up. Right. They they were debating trading up to go get him. Right. So assuming Elijah Vera Tucker isn't, they don't trade up for Elijah Vera Tucker and he's not there. You know, this is a guy who they would have taken anyway. And so when he's there, you know, whatever it was um, at 34, 12 picks later or something like that. I mean, you know, there, but for the, or I guess it's what, 10 picks later, there for the grace of God, you you can't, you can't miss that. Uh, And, and there were, you know, there were, so there were other offensive linemen. I think, Kevin Jenkins from Oklahoma state was the the lineman who really jumped out at me who I was thinking, man, that's, that's the sort of player I really want. Um, but it's, it's really hard to not like this pick. Um, at least in the abstract right now,
2: they walked out of the first two rounds of the draft with three first rated players, first, first round rated players. Right. I and mean, that's, guys, that's I awesome. think
3: Mel Kiper had in
2: his I'm top, top 16, top 15. Yeah. yeah. Looking These near. are three really good players. I mean, they just took the best player available. Did you watch the video of them after they made the pick? They were like elated. They could not control how excited they were. Like, I don't. I don't know if he's, he's. I don't know if he's a slot receiver. He probably should be, but he's gonna make their offense more dynamic. Yeah. And he has the potential to be like a really good wide receiver. Like some people have compared him to Antonio. I don't think he's gonna be Antonio Brown, but I've seen Tom say Antonio Brown. Like if you can get a guy like that at thirty four, why why not?
1: Yeah, I mean playing in the toughest division of the toughest conference in the country, his numbers are pretty outrageous. Last year in just 8 games, he they're had 86, ca- 86 catches, 1200 yards, 8 touchdowns. That's his 11 PFF catches was 91-2. That's an <laughs> average on a team of 11. not dominant,
3: right? Yeah. Like on a team that But they gets, score a lot. They, right, they do score a lot and you know, but they're playing the the best defenses in the country and they still manage to keep up with you know, the, the, at least their offense manages to, to nonetheless keep up. Wow. And he so, was, yeah, we've seen second are,
2: round receivers. I feel yeah. like, I feel like second round receivers do better than first round receivers yeah. like for whatever
1: yeah. reason that is. Yeah. Actually, this is getting me excited. So his numbers against uh, Alabama last year, you know, a you're team crazy. Some people, crazy. He had 11 catches for 143 yards. No touchdowns. No, no touchdowns. Spooky. But yeah. And
0: Nick but. Saban is still angry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just Jushu a great pick. Like,
3: did you see the video of A.J. Brown and him after the draft? A.J. Brown gets really, really emotional because they're, you know, very good friends. I think they were roommates in college. And it's, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's impressive to see. And it makes you, you know, again, like you, like you were saying, there are, you think about, you know, Penn State is linebacker, you, and what, you know, I mean, Ole Miss is is putting a stamp on the wide receiver position right now. And you have to imagine that with, with friends in the league, like AJ Brown and DK Metcalf, who he's going to want to, you know, you know, guys are competitive with their friends. You want to, you know, I mean, it just, uh, it's They're going to push each other. And it's exciting to think about what, what that offense can do with, with, you know, like, like we said, this is a more already a better receiving core than, than Sam Darnold ever had. And it, it's the best receiving core that I, that the Jets have had since Braylon Edwards and Santonio Holmes, you know, I mean, we're, in like their prime for that for that first year for for,
0: for sanchez Didn't, right Was I mean, it this the pick lavernius Coles called out i got i think I, he might have announced this one so i gotta oh maybe right. that was the next day not important keep going so i gotta i gotta uh, shout no, out lavernius monty here. Cole's announced this pick you are you're correct
1: yes uh so i gotta shout out monty here um sorry monty couldn't join us today uh, he was supposed to, um, had a conflict, but he did let he did send uh, me and Adam the, uh, the tweet from A.J. Brown after this pick. Uh, A.J. Brown, in reference to Elijah Moore, chosen one, I love you, boy, exclamation point, I'm rocking with the Jets now, exclamation point. Could an unintended consequence of this pick be that A.J. Brown signs with uh, the Jets in free agency when he does eventually get to that point? I don't think Corey Davis wants that to happen. He just got out oh, of AJ Brown. Actually, no. But that, trap, that maybe that's, right. maybe. Sorry, I meant to add that too. Maybe this is all like they have Corey Davis. His, I don't think Corey uh, his Davis buddy wants to play with Brown anymore. He didn't get it. I think he wants all of the catches. It Would be my or my maybe guess. they're awesome friends maybe and they, they want to play together again. So now he they have, have his buddy from Tennessee. He could play together with him in and his uh, his boy from uh, Ole Miss. Sure.
3: <laughs>
0: what we're talking three years from now, right?
3: AJ Brown. It's I mean, free they're, going they're going to use exercise as option, so <laughs> they'll no, give him every dollar
0: he wants. The, I don't think the he's point there. I'd it's like to make, so. to I guess, <laughs> reaffirm what I was saying earlier about the Vera Tucker pick is, I think we all at least feel very good that they are focusing in the right spots. You know, if you're taking Zach Wilson here, don't make the mistakes they had made in the past with Darnold. And I think we had said this at the time, like, you know what? By the time the second round rolled around, we were like, screw defense. Just forget it. Let's just make sure it's you don't by the quarterback. Oh, yeah. They're going to give up 40 a game, probably. But just, just focus on true. making sure the offense is right. I'm exaggerating here. But just f- focus on making sure Zach Wilson is done right and gets the protection and the weapons he needs. Because, you know, even having – Weapons at the wide receiver spot that you can throw to in space and can run for 20 yards after the catch will buy him more time in the pocket because you have to not be as aggressive and stay at home to protect things like that. So all this is good and getting Michael Carter, like getting a young running back that can catch out in the flats and move with the ball and do things. Is just they're helping the right positions. So well, let's let's yeah. talk about Michael Carter, which was my favorite pick
2: of the whole draft. Because so I thought the, sorry, what, so this was the second pick of the fourth round. Right. I thought this was their best pick. I was elated by it. I thought they needed to leave the draft with a running back because I thought that was their worst position group, either that or corner. Um, I actually thought they had the worst running back group in the whole NFL. And actually, I don't know who would even be close. I think he's probably their starting running back. I probably think I think he sees something like of their snaps. I don't think he's just a third down back. He's extremely fast. He is a good pass catcher. He's a good blocker. I, I think he's their starting running back. I'm, I, I'm so excited. They got him in the fourth round. I thought he would go earlier than that. And so did some other people.
0: You know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited by it. It's good. They need help in the area. So it's, it's a good thing, and um yeah, the running back core was weak last year, definitely, and well starter, this year too their right. their
2: running back room is horrible, right,
0: and I'll say starter not starter, it doesn't really matter for running backs, it's who can share the load and uh do what they have to do, and just who has fresh legs in the moment also if he's if he's a good like pass catcher, it could end up being a situation where uh you know, people are put in in spots depending on down distance and what's happening. So, well, I I think people in the moment said he's their third down back and he fits into their running back room.
2: I think he's their starting running back next year. I I, I wouldn't draft him in fantasy because I I don't think he gets more than like thirty or forty percent of their snaps. But I don't think they're looking at him as like. Oh, well, we also a have a piece. rule that you have
1: to do a shot if you draft a jet. So.
2: <laughs> right. But I, my, my point is, I don't I don't think this is a fourth round player they took who's going to be, you know, in on 10, 20 percent of their staff. I think they, they may see him as their starting running back. And I, and once you get to the fourth round, it's just a big crapshoot. And there's no doubt that this guy is going to have a substantial impact on their
1: team. So for uh-huh. that
2: reason, I think it's a they knocked them out of the park.
1: No, definitely. I mean, you don't have you, to you project. Yeah, and you look at the running backs
2: being effective.
1: And he's going to have all the opportunity in the world because you look, I mean, Michael P. Ryan... I mean, Michael Piron has a great opportunity too to improve in year two, he doesn't but he really didn't really show fit their system. I mean, he, and he season. didn't show a lot in year one. Um, they brought in Tevin Coleman who has some really good skills, but they're very specific skills and he's not an every down back. And then, you know, the other, the other running backs on this uh, team, like Ty Johnson and Josh Adams, I mean, they're, you know, they're depth pieces. I don't, I don't think that they're starters in any way um, or more than guys that can give you a random good game here that, you know, once, once a year, uh so I mean the opportunity is right in front of Michael Carter. And uh um I think you brought up this point in our, our our chat as well, Adam, that uh you've seen these situations where there's multiple good running backs from the same school uh come into the league and both be really good. I mean, most notably, I feel like uh the Georgia situation with uh Chubb and Michelle. But uh, you know, I mean, if you have two good running backs, it means that these guys were working with each other, uh, you know, just or the Harrises and uh, they were fighting Alabama. each other for carries too, yeah. you know, they're right. and they were
2: both together.
1: awesome, yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, no, there's nothing not to like with this pick, and it's
0: another pick that helps the quarterback. I guess, they, um, Adam, you said this was your favorite pick. The way they followed it was honestly my favorite part of the draft because they (laughs) were just like, they were like secondary is a problem. We're just going to like carpet bomb the area and just pick a bunch of things and see, throw crap at the wall and see what sticks. Which That's how I felt too.
2: So that's what, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of of analysis we have for these other guys. We don't know them. I want to talk about their last pick, but yeah, I love it. Is there any guy who you know anything about who you think could be more than just like a special team or backup type
0: of deal? No, I don't really know. I just, when I look at where they played, like getting a safety out of Auburn will always make why me happy. Not? Because why not? I mean, he's an SEC safety. I, you imagine he can hit. Um, again, I don't actually know this to be fact. I'm just making assumptions. Um, I like that they took a second Michael Carter, who is actually Michael Carter the second. Um,
1: Unfortunately, John Hill had to step away for a moment. Uh, He's being a good father. He's being a good father, uh, tending to the baby. But I'm a little upset uh, because John Hill, uh, he is a uh, Duke law alum. I know he follows the uh, Duke program. I wanted to hear if he had anything to
0: say about Michael Carter II at a Duke. Yeah, we're not going to find out because he's not here. (laughs) (laughs) But even after, Uh, I don't know much about the guy from Pitt. Um, Another power conference school guy. Yeah, the guy from FSU, I think they're calling him a linebacker now instead of a safety, but at this point in the NFL it doesn't really matter. It's if you're safety and you can play up at the line, it's it's like this weird rogue position anyway, so. And just super- reading the
2: descriptions of each of these guys. It seemed like some of them were like really skilled but had no physicals and some of them were like phys- like just huge and fast but were really bad in coverage. So it seemed like they were just rolling the dice. Like maybe one of these guys will figure it out in the direction that they don't have it right
1: now. And it doesn't hurt to take a linebacker because it's a very thin, I mean, they do have a couple of good linebackers, but it is a very thin group.
0: But it was a good, you know, you're focusing on like you spent a lot of time on specific strategic picks for the offense And then they just finished out by let's just get some players and see if some of them can work out for the defense. And I I, I think it was a good strategy. The The linebacker
2: they got from FSU, um, the guy from, um, was it the athletic gave him a second or third round grade and they got him in the sixth round. Um, So that's the guy who I think was more of a safety who they're moving to linebacker. Am I getting that correct? Yes. So that's, you know, my guess they did is that last player. year, who the, was the cornerback late too, who ended up being uh, Bryce Hall, late. right? Who, you know, was kind of sat there late, had it should have gone higher and then ended up being, you know, pretty good. And Bryce so Hall probably his, will be,
1: I mean, Bryce Hall's probably going to start for them this year. He cornerback. is their starting cornerback as of right now, unless So I mean, if one you these, can,
2: unless one of these rookies beats him out. If you can get a six round player who's got a shot at starting. Good job by you. I do like their last pick. They took this guy, Jonathan Marshall. He's ginormous, but apparently he's not very strong, but. You know, the stuff I've read about him is that he's got a ton of upside. So as your last pick in the draft, take a six, seven guy out of Arkansas who has a chance of being very good one day in the far future. Why
1: not? Yeah. It, one thing it, that I think is also interesting about what they did is uh, it it feels like, I mean, f- with the exception of uh, Zach Wilson, who's obviously really, really well scouted, um, all these guys that, you know, maybe they didn't have a lot, ton of tape on and because this past year was such a weird year in college football, it, they took all power conference guys, a lot of SEC guys, a lot of ACC guys. And I just feel like they were like, look, at least if, you know, if we're going to be taken, you know, trying to, you know, As you said, Travis, throw crap at the wall and hope something sticks. Let's at least take guys with high pedigree and that were recruited into big-time programs.
0: That was I was going to bring up. The one thing I was upset with is I really wanted them to take Sean Wade out of Ohio State if they were doing this, just because he could end up being as bad as he was this year. But he was so good in the nickel in 2019, and there's still a chance that last year is just a weird year. So I had hoped they'd take him because his upside, like if he had sat out this year, he would have been a first round draft pick based on his previous year's tape. Um he did screw up a good amount and he got burned in the playoff um by good receivers, which I think is part of what made teams question his skill set. Who but ended up drafting him and when? The Ravens took him and they're probably gonna move him to nickel and no And where did they draft him? Fifth round. 160. Wow. Yeah, talk about someone who lost a lot of money because he decided to do the right thing and play this. So do the right thing by like, there are many guys who sat out for the right reason, but he wanted to play to be their first team. So I don't want anyone to misinterpret that. Everyone should have sat out if they wanted to sit out. That's came out the wrong way. Yeah, I understand what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I mean, sucks for him, but you know, I mean, for his sake, hopefully he has a good NFL career and he's able to make that money back. Yeah.
2: Well, as just a final thought, moving into like closing this podcast out, the last time we took a top quarterback, we had a trade it was it three second round picks and our first round pick to get him and there was nothing left like the cupboard was bare. It's not a bare cupboard, right? We We just drafted a top quarterback. They had a million draft picks. We like them. They have a million draft. I think they have the second most draft capital next year. They have a ton two of two first space rounders
1: next- and two second rounders next year.
2: I think they have the second overall amount of draft capital next year. Yeah, I heard that um, Did, they have do, a lot of cap they space. They have two again thirds again next just year.
1: One third, just their own third next year. Just one third. Okay. The, two for firsts, now, two seconds. Yes, right. We have know Seattle's like wheel and deal. Yeah, they've Seattle's no first.
2: No reason not to be excited about this team. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm thrilled. To me, this feels a lot like. When uh, Sandy Alderson rebuilt the Mets, where he took a couple of seasons, he did it the right way. He loaded the, you know, their minor leagues with players. And then by the time 2015 rolled around, they were really well stocked and built the right way. Like we, the the Mets haven't really worked out the way we thought they would after 2015, but I don't think that was any fault of the way they were built. We don't know if this build is going to go the way we want it to,
0: but I think the foundations are solid. I don't think he could have done a better job. Personally. And look, if it's a bad year and they have a really top pick next year, there's so many options to do with it when you already have the quarterback. So I honestly I would love to see them take another lineman with that first pick next year and just have a beast of a line. But that's well, the
2: flexibility
0: next you year. Tell though, me, let's say I was just going to say, I mean, they, I'll tell them to take a take linemen with their top picks until they have five great ones. So I don't care. <laughs> I'm I'm the they, wrong person to ask. <laughs> but next year they could do what
2: the Chargers did this year, right? Where they went out and spent a ton of money on a center. Like if we, if next year they need a center, they could do that. Um, they could look at free agency and the draft, and they could say between those two we need corners and to fill out our line. They could easily do that. They're not going to be in a hole. They're not going to be not able to add the players they need next year. This is a wait and see. Let's see who pans out, who doesn't. And then they can fill their holes and hopefully be actually in contention in two years.
1: And if Sam Darnold continues to be one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, that second round pick from Carolina could be a very high second round pick.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it could.
2: They have a lot of weapons. Their offensive line, people aren't talking about it. I don't think they have a top 15 a line and they i don't think they invested heavily in the draft or free I'm sorry you're
0: talking about carolina
1: carolina
2: yeah. like everyone's talking about yeah how good he's their probably weapons gonna are. have the
0: same problem where he's running for his life all the time and throwing no one around wants to talk about it they have he not went? addressed online line
1: yeah i mean the biggest difference i feel like uh I, I mean he'll have a a crazy elite running back to help him out but in the coaching situation's a lot better
0: yeah i mean mm-hmm. that's but... easy but it's it's a lot
2: better and much better wide receivers too but we know Sam doesn't do well under pressure, and I think Sam
0: will be under pressure next year. I don't want to end by talking about Sam Donald. If you have, you want you want to talk about something positive? Yeah, let's talk about something positive. The Mets are not losing right now. Oh, the game got postponed. <laughs> yeah, we're going to share that part. <laughs> Sorry, it's not been a great day to be a Met fan. Okay, how about how about the Knicks are guaranteed a winning season, right? Didn't that happen? Yeah, Nick team, they they are awesome. That'll probably be our next pod. We
1: should definitely talk about the Knicks. Um, yeah, I, I really want to rant about Edwin Diaz, and I, I don't understand why people uh, let's, let's are still that. defending him.
2: I doubt <laughs> many people are still listening. Let, let's save our Edwin Diaz rant for him,
1: Justin. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Um, so the Jets in uh, what will be uh, I I I, I kind of uh in, in found the uh, the NFL like slogan uh, comical biggest season ever because they're playing an extra game. That's terrible. Uh, what do we think the jets record? I mean, we don't know when the games are going to happen. We know their opponents. Uh, they will have more. They'll have nine home games versus eight road games. Uh, also they get a last place schedule, which means, uh, games against, uh, the Broncos, Bengals and Eagles. Um, where do we think, uh, their 17 game record is next year? We project the 16 game record. No, they're playing 17 games. Project a 17 game record.
0: I'd say six and twelve, or seven and eleven. Is your problem, Goody? Oh, no, that's like eighteen muscle? games. But okay, I don't want to do. That. I, I know can, math I can is say hard. Six I and can predict 11. Like a six yeah. win team. It is hard. Team or you. seven <laughs> Yeah, I don't want
2: to. I don't want to do the math. <laughs> I, I, so it's seventeen games. I think they win eight games.
1: Eight and nine.
0: I, I think I seven
2: like a, is the top. I think they more
1: like a seven. Six I feel like. Seven. I mean, I feel like last year they won two games. They probably should have won like four. If they improve to seven or eight, I mean that that's a, that's a you know that's a that's a massive leap. Um, I'd be very happy with. We've that. seen teams ma- teams make crazy leaps. I, I mean, one thing that's important to know. I mean, nothing, there are teams every year that go from like winning like three, four, four games, games to making the playoffs. It happens. I every I think they year. could easily make the playoffs. They be the-
2: None of all of their good players from last year are back, and they have added literally everywhere. The only position that is a massive
0: red flag to me is their cornerbacks. And we we have some time. You know when I heard that previously? When? Before last season on this podcast. From me? From you, yes. I said they would win two games last year. What are you talking about? There, There were moments where I heard someone saying it was possible for them to make the playoffs. Not me, not a single time. No. We, I, I, I mean, I was more optimistic than Adam. I still only thought they'd win like six. Justin,
2: back me up on that. I, I, I said they were going to be horrible. Yeah. Me, me and Tom had time. them at
1: six wins last year. Um, I don't, I don't think we ever thought they'd be in the, uh, in the playoffs. Um, but no,
2: we did, we went through their, they'll record. be better next I, I year. Too right. Do we feel I,
1: Here's my question did? for you. Here's my question for you, Adam, though. Uh, so you're saying you think that they could make the playoffs? Who in the division do you? Because th- I mean, I'm not, not scared about New England or Miami. Really?
0: Even really, though Miami, Miami Miami Miami's defense is
1: loaded.
2: I'm I not feel worried like, about Miami. I feel
0: like Tua is going to be a lot better this year. And Tua Tua doesn't 10, six, they last have six They've not
2: addressed their offensive line at all. So they they added, you know, Waddle. I mean, is he going to be that great? Yes, I mean, he's fat. Okay, I could no, be wrong. L- L- I also feel
1: Lotto, really good. I also okay. feel like good defenses usually stay good unless they lose everybody, and that's not what happened in Miami. that's
2: actually not particularly true, Justin. It's very hard to project defenses from year to year, mm. they tend to be extremely <clears> variable. I statistics, um, offenses year to year tend to be way more consistent than defense. We could I could show you some studies. I'm not worried about Miami didn't address their offensive line at all. That was their biggest concern last year it continues to be their biggest concern this year and their quarterback isn't, I mean, he did not look great last year. I I think even if he's good, he's not going to be like Patrick Mahomes, right? He he projects as at his best, like a highly accurate, like not throw like crazy downfield type of guy. Like I'm not, I'm not worried about Miami.
1: There. I, just think, I just think the division's very tough. Like if they were in the AFC South, you know, you got Jacksonville who doesn't project to be great. Houston, who's a mess. Tennessee lost a lot of, you know, key guys from last year. Indy's counting on Carson Wentz. Like if they were in a division like that, I could maybe see, I, I just think it's going to be really hard. You could have to, three
2: teams out of the division. I, I think Buffalo's is really good, right? I'm not, I don't think they get anywhere near Buffalo, but I'm not seeing Miami being this like lights out, amazing team next year
1: they could be but i'm not super worried about it hmm. interesting uh all right well you know what well, let's uh <laughs> let, let let let's leave the fans on a positive note and think that you know what uh it's it's may 4th um we're in spring uh hope springs eternal and maybe the jets can end what is the longest playoff drought uh, currently in the NFL and maybe make the playoffs next year. Just really quick, uh,
2: Miami had the 28th rated offensive line in the league last year. The Jets whoops. were at 29, but the ah, Jets have there addressed we go. that's what the what Jets, I mean. Jets have addressed the Jets have thrown more resources at their O line than the Dolphins, and the Jets are going to be running in a, a scheme that is way more friendly to um, some of the linemen they brought in last year.
1: Good to know.
0: Well, uh, I think it's bedtime, everyone. It's yeah.
1: bedtime. All right. If you don't already follow us on Twitter and Instagram, follow us at born in 87 pod. And if you want to let us know how we're doing, uh, send us an email at born in 87 pod at gmail.com. Uh, this was fun. Always fun talking about the draft, uh, especially when, uh, you know, they added a lot of fun pieces and we think it went well. And for better or worse, uh, we're, we're going to have a new quarterback to watch in 2021. Uh, All right. Have a good night guys.